0: Welcome back to The Justin Prince Show. In this podcast, we're going to talk about misery. I know you're like, all right, man, I want to check out already. Listen, this is one of the most important podcasts you'll listen to, and the reason why is because everyone faces misery at some point. In fact, if you're not facing it right now, you probably just came out of it. If you're not facing it right now, you're probably (laughs) heading into it at some point, you know? It's a challenging time. So as we start 2024, and again, this is one of those stories... A misery that will last, you know, you can listen to this whenever, and it's something that you can use and you can utilize and you can learn from. But as we start 2024, there's a lot going on. This will be an election cycle year, which will cause a lot of stress and division for people. You know, there's global conflicts that are causing uh, extreme misery for people, extreme hurt, extreme pain. Undoubtedly in your life, you'll go through misery uh, with betrayal and with people hurting you and people that you trusted and that were on your side that now have betrayed you and hurt you. It, 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 creates misery creates a lot of pain divorce is one out of two you know divorce is hard you know i came from a divorced family at age 12 and so from a child's perspective i know it, the misery and the pain that that causes many of you do too uh, from a relationship perspective many of you're going through that right now or you've been through that and you know how much misery <laughs> that causes it just hurts you know it's just a painful experience to go through and so the hurts and the pains and the challenges that we face are actually some of the things that actually connect us as humans You know, it's our vulnerabilities, as Brene Brown says, that actually connects us as human beings. It's the vulnerabilities, it's the pains, it's the misery that connects us. And so in this podcast, I'm going to share with you some perspectives on misery, some perspectives of how do you overcome this stuff? How do you not let it engulf you and engulf your life and tear you down, take you down forever? But then also, how do you help relate to other people? So you don't just have sympathy, hey, I feel bad for you. You have empathy, hey, I'm here with you. And you can walk with them through their path of the misery that they're facing and the challenges they're facing. And again, this is one of those subjects that we would rather not talk about, like we just talk about all the positive things, but the misery is actually an underlining theme. It's like a foundational theme that all of us will face in the journey of life at different waves, different times, different seasons. We'll go through pain, we'll go through misery. Uh, about 160 plus years ago, uh, Victor Hugo wrote the famous book, Les Miserables. And Les Miserables is French, the title is French for the miserables. And here's a book 160 years later, it's been uh, turned into a global phenomenon play. It's been turned into a global phenomenon even movie with Anne Hathaway and Hugh Jackman. And it talks about the miseries of life. It's set back in the French Revolution. But it talks about the miseries of life. It's one of the reasons that people still just relate to the mercy and the justice and the grace of, of the pain that we go through and, you know, the challenges of life. Uh, Susan Boyle, some of you will remember this, Britain's Got Talent is kind of the America's Got Talent for Britain. And Susan Boyle was kind of this obscure woman. She was, you know, she had a kind of a quirky personality. She was kind of just a normal person. And she went up on stage and she sang that famous song, I Dreamed a Dream. And when you hear that song, I mean, it almost makes you emotional. You're like wiping tears off your face. You're like, this is so powerful to hear her you know, perform this inspirational song until you realize the words of the song and you realize the, the misery behind the song, the challenges behind it. And that song comes from a f- character named Fantine. So Fantine is, a, is one of the famous characters in Les Miserables. She has a young daughter named Cosette. Cosette is taken from her and put into kind of a god-awful orphanage. And Fantine is doing everything she can as a single mother. And only, only a, a parent can understand you know, the things that they would be willing to go through to save a child, a mother specifically. A mother would give everything. And so as Cosette is put into this god-awful orphanage, uh, Fantine's doing everything she can to protect her daughter, to get her daughter back, to, to take care of her daughter. So she starts working at this kind of terrible factory, And because she's so beautiful, she has beautiful long hair, she's just a fair, beautiful woman, Uh, the other women at the factory, they betray her. And they basically kick her out onto the streets uh, and they push her away from this economic opportunity that she had to work at the factory. Well, when this happens, she's now on the streets. And someone says to her, hey, if you'll let me cut the locks of your hair, this beautiful hair that you have, if you let me cut it off, I'll sell the hair and I'll give you some money. So again, in an effort to take care of her daughter, she does it. Then someone says, hey, if you'll give me the, the, the feelings in your teeth, then I'll give you money for it. And here is, she is in her most desperate time as a, as a mother and as a woman trying to take care of her daughter, Cosette, that she gives them the, the, her, the feelings of her teeth, as you can imagine, rips her teeth out. And then in the ultimate act of desperation, she's basically emotionally and mentally beaten down into prostitution. And so she lays on her back when she sings the song, I Dreamed a Dream. And I want to share with you the words of this song, because some of these words are things that you can extract from Victor Hugo's (laughs) writing and say, okay, how do we apply these today? You know, how do we use this stuff to make through our own misery? She says, I dreamed a dream in time gone by when hope was high and life was worth living. I dreamed that love would never die. I dreamed that God would be forgiving. How many of us have dreamed those dreams, right? When we were little kids, we were going to be astronauts, you know what I'm saying? Like we're going to be a doctor, you know, or we had a picture of a, I don't know, a poster of a Ferrari on our, on our wall or a Lamborghini and we're like, God, it's my dream, you know, or we're going to be a nurse when we grew up or a firefighter or whatever. It was, we dreamed dreams in time gone by when our hope was high and our life was worth living. So many of us can relate to that. These dreams that were in our heart, these dreams that were in our soul, that we were going to accomplish big things with our life. She says, but the tigers come at night with their voices soft as thunder, and they tear your hope apart, and they turn your dreams to shame. She said, I had a dream my life would be so different from this hell I'm living. So different now from what it seems, because life has killed the dream I dream." Whew, those are emotional words even, even reciting and sharing with you because we can all relate to the tigers that come at night or the, with their voices soft as thunder, things that tear your hope apart and they turn your dream to shame. It's the challenges and the pain that you've been through. And I know for so many of you, it's, it's real stuff. This is, we're touching a real nerve. It's the abuse you've been through. It's these devastating moments of your life. That you, you once had these big dreams and then, and then life itself tore those apart. Or maybe it's that failed business for you. You put yourself out there, you went for it, and it left you in a really precarious financial situation. Or maybe for you it's those deep friendships that you have People that you had lit in your home, you know. You'd, you'd, you would, you'd taken the shirt off your back and then they betrayed you and you're just like, oh, how do I ever love again? How do I ever trust again? Those feelings are the things that turn your hope to shame. And they make you feel like you're living, not in the dream state that you once imagined, but this like this hell that I'm now living, like Fantine was. And in my book, Be the One, I share a a very simple three-word formula that I want you to think about. It's a process. It's the dream, struggle, victory. Three simple words. Dream, struggle, victory. Now, here's what you want to know about this as you think about how do you overcome this stuff? How do you make it through the misery? How do you make it through the pain? How do you come out the other side a better person, not a worse person? How do you come out the the better side like a refined person versus someone that was destroyed? How do you come out the other side full of more gratitude and more grace and more love for people versus leaving saying more bitter and more hurt and more resentment? How do you make it through that process? The dream, struggle, victory is understanding the process. You know, all change begins with awareness. You know, you kind of understand, okay, there's a process to all this stuff. The first lesson you'll learn from the dream, struggle, victory is they're all the same size. So, for example, a big dream signs you up for a struggle equal to or commensurate to the size of the dream and a victory equal to or commensurate to the size of the struggle. So you have a dream, a struggle, a victory. What a lot of us want in life, as you know, is big, huge dreams, super small struggles, big, huge victories. You know, it's just not how life works. Life is equal. And you can also have small struggles, but you have to have small dreams, right? And then small victories. So you can kind of choose. I always encourage people, dream big dreams. Dream dreams that inspire you. Dream dreams that inspire others. Big people aren't moved by small dreams. Your dream is fuel. It's fuel for your soul. And I know that's so easy to talk about and to think about and so on. But my friends, that's what you hold on to is the hope, the dream, the goal, the aspiration, the vision. You have to hold on to that. If you don't hold on to that, you don't really have anything at some point, right? The vision that we're going to get through this, this is not the end. The vision that things will improve. That's, that's the vision. Sun's coming up in the east. We're knocked down six. We're up seven. This has not come to stay. This has come to pass. The vision, we're going to make it through this thing. We're going to be better for this, for having gone through this, that life's not happening to us. It's happening for us. This is actually all part of a gift, right? Second part, though, is the struggle. How do you make it through the struggle? First lesson I want to share with you is this. Take good notes. When you're going through the struggle, take good notes. Why? Why? People will relate more to your struggles than they will your victories. When you get to your victories and you talk about all your victories, people won't relate as much to the victories. They'll relate more to the struggle. They'll say, you had to go through that. Like that happened to you. And remember this, the bigger the struggle, the bigger the story, the bigger the struggle, the louder the applause when you cross stage. You know, when you make it through this time, people will say the struggle was that deep and you came out of that deep, horrible, dark chasm like standing ovation for you, right? Because you made it through. So the bigger the struggle, the bigger the story. You're writing an incredible story right now. You're writing this this is creating opportunity for you right now. Because you now get to go serve the person that you used to be. You know, you say I'm going through this incredible health challenge. Think of the people you're going to be able to serve as you make it through this. You say I'm going through this really challenging divorce right now. Think of the people who will be able to relate to the challenges. And you'll be able to say, hey, listen, I understand how it feels. You're going through these challenges. Those are the people you'll be able to go serve. You can go serve the person that you used to be. And you can look at them with true empathy. Hey, I can help you get through this together versus just, I feel bad the sympathy. I feel bad you're going through it. So remember, you're writing the story. The other thing I want you to know in the struggle section is to trust the redirect. Trust the redirect. Trust that God is in the details of your life. Trust that God knows what's happening, that God's real. And he's saying, listen, I'm going to redirect your path right now. And you're going to make it through this season or this section of the process of the struggle. Trust the redirect. You say, but yeah, I wanted to go this direction. And God kind of moves you over here. And you say, I don't want to go this one. I wanted to go that one. Listen, trust the redirect. Trust that God's in these details of your life. He understands what's happening. Now, when you get to the victory section, that's when you remain humble in victory. Because you remember that you all that you earned, this struggle teaches you so on. But remember this, my friends. The struggle's not your story. Don't own the story of the struggle. Stop identifying only with the story of the struggle. I know this, is, this, this can be hard to hear because sometimes what happens is we hold on to the story of the struggle because it gives us part of our identity. I am divorced. I have been betrayed. This is what happened to me. These pains are real. The abuse was real. Hey, listen, I understand that. But that's not the story. The story is how you overcome all this and get to the victory section. Don't own the story of the struggle. Don't own the resentment of the struggle. Don't own the bitterness of the struggle. Own how you made it through that bitterness, through that resentment, into the victory section. You know, you've heard the old idea of when you you hold on to that resentment, it's like you drinking the poison— and then hoping someone else dies. No. When you can conf- learn to forgive, you don't have to forget, but you learn to forgive and you make it through the misery of it and the pain and the, the, the hurt that it causes, you're the one that makes it to the victory and you now have that lesson to teach versus the one that owns the struggle section, that stays in it. I was uh, and a friend years ago that showed me pictures. He's a, he's a deer hunter. He's up in the mountains and he shows me these pictures on his phone, on his iPhone like this. He's flipping them across. Of this, these big, huge mule deer, these two big bucks, right? And they clashed their horns in a fight, and they gotten the antlers had gotten entangled with each other, where they couldn't they couldn't get out. And he he shows me this story, this picture of him pulling up on in his pickup truck. He shows me the picture like this on his phone. He goes, "Check this out!" And it shows the two deer. The one deer had died; it was just a carcass, and the other deer had been dragging this carcass through the mountains. And it's just as you can imagine, the weight and the pressure on its neck, on its shoulders. And as, as it was kind of dragging this deer through the mountains and he shows me the next slide on his, on his pictures. And it's well, the, one of the guys that he was with had a shovel and was trying to like help the deer dislodge the antlers. And he shows the next slide and the deer was free. It was set free. It like had, it like had untangled it. They finally got it done to where it left this dead carcass of the other deer. It's been fighting of all that weight, all that trauma, all that pressure. As remember that, that weight and trauma and pressure of the dead deer was going to kill the the deer. At some point it wasn't going to be able to live like this forever. It couldn't drag it out forever. It, it, It was dislodged. It finally was free and it showed it walking away. And then check this out. He shows me the next picture. And guess what the next picture was? The deer did what a lot of us do. It went back to the deer that was already dead, laying there on the ground, and started fighting it again. It like went back to all the pain. It went back to the identification that it had of this is my story, this fight, this challenge, this anger, this resentment, this betrayal. This is my story. My friend, that's not your story. Your story is how you overcame all this stuff. The story is how you went from the struggle section to the victory section. The story is how you made it through this and how you made it through with with a bigger heart, not a smaller heart, with more grace, not more justice and revenge. That's the challenge. The other thing you want to say to yourself is how do you convert the hurt? How do you convert all this pain into fuel? You know, where instead of it destroying your future, it guarantees your future. (laughs) You're like, this will not be the last word for my story. I'm coming back and I'm coming back stronger. You convert it. So think about it this way. The sun has the, the solar rays. What does a solar panel do? A solar panel is a converter. It takes solar energy and it converts it into electrical energy. A wind turbine or a water turbine does the same thing. It takes the power of the water and it churns it through a conversion process where it goes from like the energy of the water into electrical energy. It's a conversion process. The same thing can happen with all the pain that you're feeling right now. All the angst that you're feeling right now. You can convert it from pain to fuel. And here's what I want you to know. The pain can go into a conversion process to where you can first be like, you know what? Ah, grit your teeth. I'm going to make it through this and like, I'll show them. Okay. That's the kind of that, that revenge or the, the angst of it. I understand that, but I want you to know something, my friends, that will burn like gunpowder. It's going to burn super hot and it'll burn super fast. You won't build your entire life on revenge. You won't build your entire empire just on, I mean, I'll show them. It's not going to work long term. You want to build it on legacy, on purpose, on love. You want to build it on the things that ultimately matter, your mission as a human, because that stuff will burn forever. And I know this sounds Pollyanna, but think of like even the Tom Brady's of the world, 199th pick, greatest uh, quarterback of all time, maybe the greatest football player of all time, maybe the greatest athlete of all time. And yet here he is, 199th pick, And at first you have revenge, you have a chip on your shoulder. You're like, I will show every single team that passed on me that they made a mistake. Okay, cool, go do that for a while, that's great. But after you win one championship, or two championships, or three, or four, or five, what wakes you up early in the morning? When you've won five championships, you're, you're already the goat. Like what wakes you up early? What keeps you going? It's dreams. It's mission. It's standard. It's, here, it's new identity. Here's who I am as a winner. I don't want to let people down. Brady says, I don't want to let anyone down, including myself. I don't want to let people down. I want to let the teammates down, the coaches down, the fans down, the organization down. That's what keeps him going. Mission, purpose, vision, standard, identity. He converted that pain and that embarrassment and that hurt into fuel. And the fuel guaranteed is future. Then you win six titles. What keeps you going after six? Then you win seven. Like, my friends, you've got to convert this stuff out of the hurt and the anger and the revenge and the resentment. And I understand that is part of that conversion process. You have to go through it. But once you get through that section, then you can get into where you're back into mission and back into legacy and back into overall purpose of your life. That's when you get into the victory sections where you can really go and make... Your life matter. You can really go be the one you know, that, that lives and creates and designs an extraordinary, unforgettable life, and you do that by leaving the, the identification of the struggle into the identification that I'm here to win. I'm here to be a victor, not a victim, and I'm going to overcome this stuff. So the challenge is real. The misery is real. The pain is real. The resentment is real. The hurt it's real and it's all part of the process the dream the struggle the victory and you you trust the redirect you convert that stuff you convert it from pain to fuel guarantees your future versus and you know is the destroyer of your future and you go to the next level of your life so man if you got some value from this make sure you share the podcast that's how we are growing the podcast so rapidly is through your shares and through your support let's go make today the best day of your life go be the one today go be the one that that today shows up with extreme value. Go be the one that shows up with a a positive attitude. Go be the one that says, you know what? I'm not going to be a victim anymore. I'm going to be a victor. Like I'm writing a great story right now. You know, you're, you're only in chapter two. Wait till you see these next few chapters. I love you guys. And I'll see you on our next episode.